1: Hello and welcome to the World in 10, analysis and insight from the Times of London, with me Sonal Patel and Laura Cook. First up, we'll be talking Turkey. President Erdogan claims victory in the elections but leaves a nation divided, seemingly down the middle. Also, British police are drafted in to help identify and break up people smuggling gangs in North Africa. And no spoilers, I promise. But as the finale airs, we look at why succession has succeeded where others have failed.
3: By, by
1: President Recep Tayyip Erdogan finally waving off any opposition for another five years. No surprises there. Anderson,
2: she's there.
4: The only winner today is Turkey. We have opened the doors to a new Turkish century.
1: And by 2028, he'll have been in power for a quarter of it. Thousands gathered outside the presidential palace in Ankara, unusual in itself, to celebrate. His win is thanks ostensibly to having absolute power over pretty much everything in Turkey. There are even pictures of him handing out cash at a polling station, something you'd never really see in most democracies. Hannah Lucinda-Smith is the Times correspondent in Istanbul. She says the election was far from fair.
4: In the weeks before these elections, Erdogan's raising the pensions, he's raising minimum wage, public sector wages unveiling a new warship, unveiling bridges, you know, all these things. while the opposition has none of this at their hands.
1: It's the closest election Erdogan's faced in some 20 years going to a runoff. Yes, he did get 52% of the vote, but that also means almost half the country didn't want him in power and that includes minority groups. Erdogan used his speech to really attack LGBT rights. Hannah says it's dangerous and troubling rhetoric.
4: It's scary. It was already scary. I mean, when I first came here in 2013, Istanbul still had a gay pride. It was one of the few places in the Middle East, I think Istanbul and Tel Aviv, the two places in the Middle East where there was a gay pride. And Istanbul was almost a kind of haven for gay people from across the region. They would come here because it was one of the few places in the Muslim world where they could live relatively freely. But, you know, this kind of rhetoric has consequences. Um, But yeah, after the coup attempt, there were a few murders, like really awful murders of gay and trans people, minorities, religious minorities, ethnic minorities, you know, anyone who doesn't fit this like really conservative mold, I think, is waking up today really depressed and also quite worried about the future.
1: And these elections are important globally, not just in Turkey. The country's in a strategically crucial position. Politically and geographically, it sits, sometimes uncomfortably, between East and West. It's a key player in NATO, but it also has very close ties with Moscow. Nick Baird is a former UK ambassador to Turkey. He thinks President Erdogan could play a key role in the conflict in Ukraine
2: for nato uh, he can be the person who can influence the russians and for the russians uh, vice versa and i do think that you know if we ever get to a point with the ukraine russia conflict where some form of negotiation is possible i think turkey could have a key role part of his you know populist nationalism is turkey as the great global power
1: from Turkey to North Africa, and the Times exclusive on plans to bring in British police to identify and tackle gangs of people smugglers. It's to try and stop an expected surge of hundreds of thousands of migrants trying to leave the continent for Europe this summer. Laura Cook's been looking into it.
3: This move for police from the National Crime Agency, which is known as Britain's FBI, to offer help to North African countries comes as the Italian government predicts 400,000 migrants will seek to enter Italy from North Africa this year. That's four times as many as last year. It's led to fears from the UK Home Office that there's going to be a surge in migrants trying to travel to the UK in small boats and in the back of lorries. Well, the UK Immigration Minister, Robert Jenrick, is beginning a five-day tour of North Africa and Europe, starting today. And Tom Kington is the Times correspondent in Italy. He says it's going to be interesting to see which areas in particular the minister will visit.
2: So he's going to Italy, but he'll also, I, I gather, be going to... Um, Algeria Tunisia and and Libya because I myself having covered this story for a long time was curious to to try and figure out who of the migrants coming from North, North Africa will actually be eventually trying to get to the UK. Uh, if you take the Tunisians who come over, uh, they are uh, French-speaking and so usually want to go to France. One area perhaps the UK government could be focusing on are the migrants coming over, increasing numbers from eastern Libya, and a lot of those people are from Pakistan, which sounds sounds odd, but they, uh, they tend to get on flights from Pakistan, um, end up in Libya knowing that they can get on these big fishing boats. They in my opinion, are more likely to want to head to the UK.
3: Now, this move represents a new diplomatic and security cooperation agreement. The NCA will agree to share intelligence and expertise and also work with local authorities against immigration crime gangs. Now, former Met police officer Peter Blexley thinks it's a wise move by the Home Office
2: this is good. I'd like to see a lot more resources deployed for it because the people making lots of money, when they are arrested, then perhaps we will see some element of a deterrent.
3: The Home Office is also expected to start a campaign on social media, which will warn people in Albania to ignore any posts that they see, enticing them to pay smugglers to travel to the UK.
1: Don't panic, no spoilers, I promise. We haven't seen it either. You are hearing, of course, the theme to one of, if not the greatest TV series of all time succession. It's not just me who says that. The Times' Carol Midgley agrees.
3: It's the best TV show of this this century. It's the best writing, the funniest writing, the sharpest dialogue you'll ever hear. And it's so politically shrewd.
1: Yeah, she loves it so much. She watched the finale when it aired last night, or should I say this morning at 2am UK time. For those of you who don't watch it, why haven't you? What's not to love about a series featuring possibly the most complex, read very mean, old billionaire and his warring offspring? Game of Thrones, but better and without the mud. This theme, composed incidentally by Nicholas Brittle, is as brilliant as the script. The finale is an absolute triumph. Again, no spoilers.
3: It was amazing. I think anyone who watches Succession holds it to a very high standard and I would say the standard was not just met, it was surpassed. I thought it's a twist. I don't think people will be disappointed.
1: Times columnist Carol Midgley In full transparency, we have not read Carol's article yet. But please do, once you've watched the finale of course, well worth getting a digital subscription to the Times for. Now, to the making of a record breaking footballing sensation. Laura Cook takes a look at the unstoppable goal machine that is Erling Haaland.
3: He's six foot four inches tall, and he's the Manchester City striker the sport's newest sensation. He's reported to be earning up to £900,000 a week in basic salary and bonuses. He also smashed the Premier League's long-standing goal-scoring record on May the 3rd in his debut season. That helped City win the league for the third season in a row. Now, Haaland often returns to his Norwegian hometown, his private jet landing at the local airport. And David Collins has been telling us how shocked people of Brenner are that that one of their own has become a world leading footballer.
2: One of his old cult coaches, Alfinger, and he said that people in Brinner they have this very humble view of themselves where, you know, they expect the best football in the world to come from Brazil, but they don't expect a world beating footballer to come from Brinner. And now, you know, you get all the boys and girls in the streets, they're constantly playing football and have got the Haaland shirt on, on their backs.
3: He is famously economical with his words in interviews and he told the BBC he was happy and it was going well after he hit 35 goals. And you can read more on Harlan's profile piece in The Times online.
1: And that's it from the World in 10 for today at least. We're back tomorrow.